I don't know. That's the second time I've done a Freddie Mercury type intro. Anyway, this is Kurt Cinema Podcast. We're back at episode seven. My name is Jeff. I'm joined by Kyle. Uh, we are going to talk about things that we've been watching and uh, what's the other thing that we do? Oh, yeah, that's right. Pick five. We're going to do pick, pick five. Pick five. <laughs> pick five. And in the spirit of John Wick, chapter four coming out uh, the, tomorrow as the time of this recording, tomorrow night, uh, we are going to do an action oriented category for pick five. We'll get to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We did have can I say, am, am I allowed to say, can I say, am I allowed to say, very excited for John Wick Can I just say, <laughs> can I just say, let me just say something. Can I, can I derail everything that you're doing right now? So I can just say, I like, <laughs> right, I like John above. Wick and I'm excited for the fourth one. <laughs> I'm so pumped, dude. Uh, yeah. It reminds me of, uh, I was recently watching a couple of sketches that Ryan George, the pitch meeting guy did, of him spoofing podcasters. And they're and they're boring the cats white. One? The, yeah, the cats one, and then he did another one where it's just like just generic white guys on a podcast. I've and, seen. And, okay, I've seen both. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the one where he's like, let me let me ask you this. 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 Just over and they over. They do that though. That's <laughs> they do that though. That is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> like when you watch a two-person podcast where it's like like Theo Vaughn have been watching a lot of lately and uh, uh, um, Santino's podcast. They yeah. are very good about staying away from that. Because they're just insane people. They're they make dumb jokes. They love doing that mm, stuff. Right. Uh, but yes, there's definitely some of that. With I, I, I'm probably guilty of it too. That's probably why it made, made me laugh so hard. Is because I'm like, yeah, I totally do that. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, maybe I, I don't do it. You know, we're not as dramatic. I said it like no, five no. times, but like, no, say, I'll be like, can I? Can I, can I just say? say? I just want to say one thing. That's just what we're here. We're here to say. We're here to say stuff. So yeah, yes, yes you're always allowed to. <laughs> that is literally that the, is the literally point. point. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to start with at least a brief, not really a recap of like every category or nothing, but the Oscars did happen, uh, uh, and then we had like a week off, and then okay, so like yeah, the Oscars happened like what, like oh, two weeks ago now, and Jimmy Kimmel uh, hosted. It was, um, and uh, it was long, like they all are. It was like three and a half hours. Uh, I was almost ready. as long as the Game Awards. Wow. It's almost as long as... That's, <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. I guess that's true. The Game Awards are pretty long, but they pad everything with trailers and it makes it fly by. It's more... Yeah, I'm, I'm more enjoying the Game Awards, but both I'm just like, I've got work tomorrow, guys. Like, yeah, we need, to wrap, exactly. we need to wrap this up, whatever we're stop, doing here. Yeah. Stop doing these on Sundays. Best YouTuber God. who farts on stream. I'm like, there cannot be a category for this. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> they're getting there. They're definitely... Best they're coach definitely... for fart videos. You know, what? There, there's coaches for these now? Like, I'm out. Best producer. Best fart producer. <laughs> <laughs> and now this is the award for the guy that not for the guy that farts but the guy that produces what kind of fart comes out of the person that farts okay takes a true a very specific takes a true a artist, takes a true fartist you know, part uh, it. yeah well that was right there <laughs> <laughs> we're already going off the rails but the oscars did happen i don't really have a whole lot to to add to what already happened because it was a very safe show uh either fortunately yeah. or unfortunately depending on who you ask you know, I, I wanted more drama because I, I like that type of stuff. But uh, but it was pretty safe. Kimmel was funny, you know, for the most part. There's Sometimes there's a couple jokes that he always misses on. But I would say that happens for every single host, period. Like, it yeah. just, you know, not every joke's going to land. It happens. Um, I was mostly cheering for everything, everywhere, all at once. You know, the entire ceremony. So they won 
I think they won seven awards and they were nominated like 11 or so times or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something crazy. Uh, but, but they they definitely won a lot. If, and in categories that I was like, oh, that person won that? Oh, my God. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis was not projected to win until, like, the day before the award ceremony. Everyone and, switched uh, their votes or something? Yeah, it's like the betting odds switch. Like, people just came into new information and suddenly she was the favorite to win. Um, which is great. I mean, I like that. I like that she won. It's just she wasn't. Like for this year, she wasn't my first choice, obviously. Like, yeah, I, you know, I watched the movie again after it won Best Picture. And she really sells that role. She's though, to really be fair. funny in the movie. She's yeah, very she's funny. really good. Yeah, uh, she's that whole like kicking scene where she's kicking in slow motion. It's so yeah, down the stairwell or whatever. Yeah. She's yeah. committing, and her nipples are like like hardened through a shirt, but they're like askew. Clearly, like they yeah. did that on purpose, you know, to make her look just kind of like messy as a person. Uh, comically messy she yeah. she contributed a lot to that role but it's just you know i preferred uh the the girl that plays the daughter uh, uh i say girl like she's not my age uh, <laughs> uh but i can't remember her name stephanie shu i think the whatever not aquafina because she was not originally Aquafina. up for that role yes she was she, yeah thank she was originally up for that role. Yeah. honestly thank so, god yeah i have nothing i i feel like i have to say this every time i bring up aquafina i have nothing against aquafina yeah. she yeah. would have not been good for this role <laughs> no i agree i agree who they yeah, went something with. about the script is amazing. Where it's Michelle Yeoh is like, by the way, the script won best screenplay as well. I mean, they won yeah. all the pretty much the important uh, awards, uh, with the right. exception being best actor, because there was technically no best lead actor in the movie. It was, you know, it was Michelle Yeoh and then ensemble all the way down. Um, but Brendan Fraser won too, and that got me all sorts of emotional um, seeing that. Yeah, him, him and Key both got up there oh, dude. Just, i'm just like you guys yeah. need to chill out with your humble good guy thing that yeah you know yeah. not that and it's an act them, but like <laughs> and, and they even brought it's up very impactful. i think it was kimmel that brought up the parallel of their careers and how they were both in encino man together and yeah. uh and which i haven't i used to watch it all the time when it came out on on like home video and i haven't seen it since then i should probably watch it again yeah. obviously uh it's probably not going to age well but I still no. want to see it again. It's not many movies time. from that time to so. Oh, no, you're right. You're totally right. But it is interesting. Like, they both had kind of a similar trajectory where they both either gave up on the industry, the industry gave up on them, and they were both kind of done at different parts of their lives for different reasons. And just the way that they found their way back or whoever, casting directors, found them again for those roles. It's just such a freaking powerful story, dude. Like, it's... Yeah, it's it's kind of like the the Daniels brother. The, they're not brothers. The guys that directed the movie, when they won Best Picture or it might have been screenplay, they both were like, because they wrote and directed the movie. Uh, they were both like, or one of them said, uh, "This is not normal." Like you know, he's like, uh, "Yes, I want to be an inspiration for people, but this is not normal. Please don't. Please adjust your expectations. <laughs> You're not going to win awards." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I think that's like kind of like the same with. I don't know. It's a very inspiring story with Fraser and uh, Key. So like, yeah, just don't just adjust your expectations. Is all I'm trying to say, it may, don't give up on your dreams. But like, you know, just I'm just saying. Be realistic about it if you're going to keep pursuing your dreams in whatever field you're in. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, Kihui Khan's Kwan's speech was just so wholesome. Uh, and just I think it was like the second speech after Del Toro won for Pinocchio. Um, and he was like, animation's not a genre and yada yada. And I was like, yeah, I know. That's why it's not a genre award. Yeah. They're talking about the actual skill of animating. They're not saying animation's a genre. Anyway, 
but uh, yeah, it was just like a great way to kick off the whole awards giving ceremony. And then people kept talking. And then uh, award, you know, when they win an award, they just keep going and going. And you're like, oh my god, who do they think they are? Kratos? What is this? One, what is that? One best like set design or costumes. Shut up, shut, bro. Like it's it's cool who won the things that you know whatever. I'm happy for them, but like, dude, bro, like, know know your award category. Like, if you're a short film winner, and there's three categories for short movies, still, um, that means you get a shorter speech. Stop talking so much. <laughs> you should get like 30 <laughs> seconds and you're off the stage. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, come on. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Anyway, yeah. uh, immensely happy that everything, everywhere, all at once won Best Picture because, like I said, I watched it again after it won. And I was like, uh, even as the credits rolled, I was like, how did this win Best Picture? It's just so out there and not like this feel good drama or, a, you know, a, 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 what's it? What do you call it? Trauma porn drama where it's like Schindler's List or something like that, which is a great movie. Yeah. But it's like, right, right. Those but are you know, you're being you emotionally of. manipulated. It's just you don't see a movie where there's like people with things sticking out their butts fighting each other and the fight choreography is awesome and, and it's, it's like it's best not only that i mean it's all of that but it's not only that yeah. and it's also just like when you're pitching it you're like well it's a movie about the multiverse but it's really just a wholesome family story yeah you're, wait yeah, what exactly. like it's just it's it's so many things but like at the heart at the heart of it it's very, it's this very simple thing that like everybody's just so. like yeah it's a good message i like that you know yeah exactly it's a it's a quality message and the multiverse <laughs> thing you could argue is just a metaphor for something else like it's really not an actual multiverse liter on a literal level because there are things that characters are saying as like a like a you know just a throwaway line and then that throwaway line becomes a, a another universe later on in the sh in the movie so mm -hmm. this could all just be stuff that's happening in her head and then there's there's that one universe where she chose that she ends up in where she chose to leave the uh, irs office with her family and i think that's the actual like what what's happening there is actually what's happening in real life um, mm -hmm. that's my guess anyway, where like she loses it at the laundromat during the party and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think all that happened. Uh, but like the stuff that like, like the Rakakuni universe, like she mentions it as like a throwaway thing and. and yeah. Yeah. And, and then like her daughter and her, her, her husband. You mean like, Ratatouille? And she's yeah. like, what are you talking? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I love that movie. Oh my God. Kiwi yeah. is so good in the movie. <laughs> uh so like and then that becomes the universe later on so i, I you know I, I feel like it's there's a metaphor there if you want to look at it on that level or you can accept that surface level that's the thing with the movie it works on multiple levels that's why it's so freaking good um mm. anyway i love the hell out of that movie um uh, but yeah moving on to things we've been watching should we start let's just start with something new i guess keep things a little okay. relevant i guess sure um, sure i was going to talk about shazam as i call it. shazam as I call it. Shazam, everybody. Uh, Fury Dude, of the gods. Stop. It's not so much, but that's all right. Fury of the <laughs> Rock. I mean the gods. Um, <laughs> with, all, with all that drama. I was going to talk about that, but I feel like we covered it. So much drama. It's it's fun to read as a totally outsider to all of it. Uh, but yeah. uh, I, wasn't, I feel like we covered it sufficiently on the current gen podcast. So everybody go listen to that if you want. Because me and Derek both saw it and talked about a lot of specifics. Mm -hmm. Um, I did allude to, and I think it's all in the marketing now. I did allude to a cameo that happens in the movie. Um, and then I think since we talked about it on the current gen podcast, they've shown it in trailers everywhere, right? No, that's the thing is that I saw it before we recorded that podcast too. I've been okay. seeing that TV. I've been seeing that TV spot since before the movie came out. 
what the heck is wrong with them? But yeah, so I, was, I thought there was somebody else. I thought y'all were building up some other big, and I'm like, oh, it's what uh, they've been showing that. Oh, you it's know? like Superman or Batman or something. Yeah, no, no. It's yeah, yeah, I thought it was yeah. someone huge. Yeah, well, not yeah. that whoever doesn't show up is huge, but I saw yeah. them. I'm gonna try and keep it just in case no one's seen right. it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. in and the in the YouTube TV spot, or I don't call so them TVs, but the dumb. ads. I yeah, can't believe ads. they did that. That's so wild. Yeah. But, you know, actually, I will say uh, they, they have, you know, Black Adam was more like kind of like the reports have been saying and the rumors have been saying, you know, the, the Rock did the Superman cameo, which sorry if I'm spoiling that for anybody that hasn't seen a six month old movie yet. That's not very good. That, movie's, that, that universe is dead. No one gives a yeah, shit. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> uh, but, but he clearly got that cameo in there. So the Rock could fight Superman. Not that Black Adam could fight. Su- Black Adam is just the Rock. So he wanted the rock Boy, to i haven't thought it. about it on this level and that is so <laughs> true that's so, so many true of, that's how it he's like out. he's like i'm gonna kill superman on I'm screen yeah. so everyone knows it's written in my contract that i can't <laughs> lose so at best we're drawing you know like so like the cameo made no what, what, what a what a what a tool dude <laughs> they've definitely made a 180 on him ever since reading all these reports and stuff and uh, maybe it's because maybe we're just I don't know, gullible in that sense, but I feel like the, I don't know, I feel like everything's kind of lining up with what the rumors are saying. I, I really do feel like yeah. he is Well, and really a lot of long, big. like, long-standing rumors are now making yeah. sense, too. Where yeah. it's like, oh, God, has he just been kind of difficult all along? Yeah, like the Fast and Furious thing, now I'm like, not, I'm not saying Vin was right or anything. No. I just, you know, like, in fact, Vin is always out. wrong as often as I can make him wrong. He's wrong, <laughs> for sure. But <laughs> also... <laughs> Both of them had yeah. the biggest egos imaginable that one of them had to leave. Just had to go down that way. Um, so, like, yeah, we're definitely making a 180 on the public perception of The Rock because of all the news that's come out about him nixing certain cameos that would have actually made sense for Shazam, um, including nixing his character, mixing it up with Shazam on the big screen. Which and I heard it was, like, for Petty, he's just like, I won't be a cameo in somebody else's movie. Like, I heard it was, like, Petty like that. You know, like, that's I, why he didn't want to do like it. sounds like his... Yeah, that definitely sounds like his thing. For but sure. that's that's other people's where I don't know. Again, like, I don't yeah. know how much of the rumor mill here is like feeding into. Yeah, because there's there's like official going reports on. that come out right from like Hollywood Report or whatever, and then yep. you hear from Joe Schlubby Pants from yeah. middle of nowhere, I, North Carolina. Oh, I yeah. have a source too, and let me pile right. on here. And you're like, yeah, who are you? It just takes one person <laughs> to say that, and then somebody else picks it up, and now yeah, exactly. the nerdist is running yeah. a you know article <laughs> right. about you know or something like that, you know. All that to say, uh, I mean, I still like the movie Shazam, Fury of the Gods, but um, uh, all that to say, uh, the cameo in that movie actually does make a lot of sense. Like, they, from the beginning of the movie, they're making references to that person. Uh, So it makes, it tracks better than just random Superman coming in at the end to to vaguely threaten the the anti-hero. But anyway, the, the movie I wanted to talk about, and there's not a, I'll probably talk about this less than I just talked about The Rock. Uh, the movie I wanted to mention was uh, Boston Strangler. It's on Hulu. Oh, yeah, um, I wanted to watch this. Yeah, or maybe, it's, uh, or maybe you're going to tell me not to here. I don't know. I'll stay tuned. I'm on the fence, like, with the how I felt about it in terms of, like, whether I liked it or not. So I'm kind of, like, in the middle somewhere where I'm like, yeah, you know, it was pretty, it was, it was okay. Uh, okay. It, it's definitely a, uh, it's a serial killer story that's kind of set in that, what is it, the 30s or 40s or something, I think? Uh, I, I think it's like Prohibition era or whatever. But it is a true story, uh, based on a true story, where there's this person going around Boston strangling women. Like, he's he's knocking on their doors and being like, I got to check your radiator. The super sent me. And as soon as they open the door, 
this 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 is what made him really hard to find back then. There was no forced entry. So he would be let in. And then after like maybe a few seconds or even immediately, he'd just start immediately strangling the women. And they're all almost always I think they were all women, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, hmm, some were okay. older and some were younger. Um, so this movie's definitely trying to be like a trying to trying to do the zodiac thing. Um, but I don't I don't know that they dove into the obsession part enough. Like like with Zodiac, okay. you, at a certain point, you're like, all right, dude, Jake Gyllenhaal's got to let this go, man. Like, he is, he yeah, is right. healthy. Like, and in Boston Strangler, they try to do some of that a little bit, but I never felt that Kira Knightley's character was unjustified in how she pursued the case. Like, she's just okay. a reporter, but I never, the whole time, because uh, this is a, a female reporter in the 30s? Yes, it was in the 30s, so everybody was like, <laughs> what are you doing here, Missy? Are you lost? Like, everybody was doing that whole shtick. Yeah. So, ah, like, see, and there's cigars so in their mouth. Yeah, <laughs> she's fighting blatant sexism on top of a, a story that you know the police or whoever don't really want to cover all that much, and they're not really taking it yeah. seriously because they're like, ah, whatever. It's to them, it's just like, ah, it's women or whatever. Uh, there were different sentiments. Well, it's sadly something that we saw in the '60s and '70s with minority groups when they were uh, yeah. targeted and serial killing yeah. sprees. They're like, well, ah, whatever, you know. And then yeah, like it, uh, it's um, a lot uh, of ineptitude. I know Dahmer is a little more recent. He's in the '90s, but uh, or that's when he was caught, at least. But that's another example. Like shoddy police work. It's very thoroughly yeah. covered in that miniseries of like how horrible the police work was just because they were yeah. like gay minorities <laughs> or whatever. Uh, for the most part, um, but it's kind of it's kind of similar in this one. Um, but but yes, there is a certain point where like her family or her whatever her her husband gets a little frustrated that she won't let go the case. Um, and I'm like, yeah, but look at everybody else. Everybody else is made to look so dumb at the police station, you know, mm -hmm. um, for the most part. And her boss, you know, like everybody's kind of made to look a little idiotic if they tell her to back off that I'm like, well, I never once was like, you need to back off, you know, Kira Knightley, you need to stop being so attractive and back off or whatever. I was never like, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> Whereas with Zodiac, you're like, come on, dude, you know, like back off. Um, right. But other than that, it was just, I don't know. They try to hit you with like a little bit of a conspiracy in the last like 10, 15 minutes. That I don't fully buy, especially because of the DNA evidence that was later found in 2013-ish. Uh, they found new evidence that physically tied the person that was accused of the crime to the final victim. Uh, oh. So, they were, you know, I was like, oh, well, then that was the guy the whole time, wasn't it? <laughs> there were many theories up until that point that, oh, this guy was, you know, not doing it alone or he took the fall for other people or something like that. Um mm -hmm. But it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you you catch you claim to catch the wrong guy, but the killing stopped. So you really yeah. get like, it's kind of like with the uh, not with Zodiac, but there's another case where somebody got caught and everybody was like, well, that's the wrong guy. And it's like, yeah, but everybody stopped dying. So you're really going to tell me that's yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> or I think maybe the Mindhunter killer they were building up to. I think he people were claiming that he did not kill as many people as he claims to have killed. Because he claims to have killed upwards of, like, an insane amount of people, right? I can't remember yeah, how yeah. many, but... Um, but it's like, yeah, but those people stopped dying. So, like, he probably yeah. did. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's it's interesting if you don't know anything about the... Bo which I didn't. I went into the movie not knowing anything about the Boston Strangler okay, story. Yeah. 
I don't um, know much about him. I I know just that tack the, yeah. the name, and I didn't know it was from the 30s or 40s. That's crazy. Yeah, it's like around that era. I <clears throat> I was almost gonna say 60s, but I was like, no, I the fashion was a little bit older. It was definitely more like it's definitely more like a, you know the, when the American dream was alive and well, that type of era or whatever. Um, I've seen that in textbooks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where they're all building new neighborhoods and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Kira Knightley is good in it. Uh, Carrie Coon plays another she's reporter. She's always great. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, she plays another reporter, but she's more like a veteran one, whereas Kira mm-hmm. Knightley was like a lifestyle reporter that just got, like, this was her first big case that she'd ever gotten for the for the newspaper, whereas Carrie Coon is more of like a seasoned veteran who's used to being talked down to and treated, you know, poorly just because mm-hmm. she's, a, she's a female reporter around these parts. Um, oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy uh, it's still yeah i still say it's if, if that type of subject matter and time frame interests you i mean you're still going to come away from it going that was interesting at least there's that yeah it's just something about the pacing and just the fact that zodiac did the best version of this already like it's just yeah right right uh you know i don't know it's like when a lot of things try to be seven. Like I know that we have better versions of it these days, but like after seven came out, it's like stop. Cha- like we, yeah. There's already a good version of that. <laughs> and they actually did kind of seven it up a little bit because it was like always raining, and I'm like, is this Chicago? Like or, or yeah, no? I right. guess it was an unnamed city in seven, but it was clearly Un- yeah, well, it's, Chicago, it's clearly supposed to be sure. Chicago. Like a yeah, thousand percent of Chicago. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's an <laughs> undescript city. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there was a lot of rain and like overcast, and I'm like, okay, yeah. this is seven at this point. Seven in the 30s, 730s. Yeah. 730s. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, what's another what's a one other movie that you've watched that's kind of new or new adjacent, whatever? I got a 2023 movie, and you've talked about it on this podcast before, uh, but uh, we can talk about it just for a little bit more. Uh, it's Infinity Pool with uh, the Skarsgård and the Mia Goths and the and the uh, Cronenbergs and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. This is uh, the Sun, right? This is David David Cronenberg. Uh, David Cronenberg's son, uh, Brandon Cronenberg's son, Brandon Cronenberg. Yeah, that's right. I think so. Yeah. Um, I I like this movie quite a bit. It's really tamed, you know, which you said as well originally. Um, I still, it was even more tamed than you teed it up to be, and that's not a criticism. Like, it it actually made it a much more like, (laughs) oh, maybe I could recommend this movie to somebody. You know, it's not uh, it's not like complete torture porn. You know, (laughs) so true. (laughs) I mean, there's definitely some scenes where there's stabbings, and I'm like, oh, God, please stop doing that. But it changes yeah, yeah, the thing, you know? It's a disturbing premise, too, that could yeah. I could see many people being like, I didn't really like that. I'm like, well, you're not supposed to. You know, yeah. like, you're supposed <laughs> to feel icky about, that's the point yeah. of the movie. And that's, and that's you know, I don't, I don't want to give away too much, because I didn't know any, what this movie was about, really, at all. You kind of alluded to that it was a kind of another fuck the rich type of movie, and I'm like, cool, yes. I like those. Yeah. Um, that's how it hit I mean, me at it, least by the end it is it, it was I think the yeah. end really um, sells it too big time big time and, and basically it's just it's a movie just that's exploring consequences and the lack thereof and you know yeah. uh, it's it's a really interesting and you know how, what money buys you and what situations yeah. of, you know are just out of your out of your control and what are in your control you know so it's, it's a really I don't want to call it a basic story but easy to follow we're like something like Possessor there's multiple times where I pause and I'm like do I need to look up the wiki on like what's going yeah. on here who, who's in whose head at this point? I'm yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's it, you know like, it, this is a much more straightforward movie, um, and it's so. it's really interesting. And you know, I I think I waited a good 
long while before Mia Goth really gothed out. And boy, oh, she man. gets there. She gets there hard. <laughs> she she only like alludes to it in the beginning where she has a scene on the beach with Alexander uh, Skarsgård's character. And I'm like, oh, there's the weirdo. There she is. Yeah. And yeah. then it's not until later where I'm like, oh, that wasn't weird at all. This is weird now. Now she's yeah, it, it's full. funny. The, yeah. The original scene you're talking about, I'm looking down at my phone for a second to check something. I look up, I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, it's a very wacky scene, um, yeah. and yeah, it just it kind of alludes to the uh, you know the seductive chase of you know yeah. of of a novel experience or whatever. Um, and again, like these are a bunch of rich people who have kind of like the the funds and the and the uh, pool to uh, again chase these kind of. Uh, um, God, I'm just trying to dance around spoilers, but like Chasey's like really frivolous and fleeting, uh, but powerful moments uh, that yeah. they can, you know, kind of live and relive and they, everything. They're living out there of, in some cases, violent or sexual urges. Uh, in yeah, a, yeah, exactly. That, yeah, they're urge they're, they're off the map yeah. basically. They're like you know yeah. they're able to do whatever they want pretty much without a, without without, without consequence. Yeah. And it's 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 really cool, man. I I, I actually really enjoyed it a lot. And and yeah. they they set up some really cool sci-fi ideas that really inform oh, yes. the concept yeah. of the movie without uh-huh. it being too sci-fi like possessive. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not like, the again, main concept, but it does drive them to do more pretty heinous stuff uh yeah, yeah yeah like the way that but the way they explain it i'm like oh i can buy into this, this is an easy buy-in you know? yeah so yeah. um yeah but I, I just really enjoy it skarsgård's awesome in this movie oh he's so good boy whoever knew that pasty vampire boy was gonna turn into <laughs> such a i know like there's a dynasty of great skarsgård actors like i'm very aware of it i'm not i thought you were gonna sorry whatever. i thought you were gonna say i know there's a dynasty of pasty vampire boys being good yeah, yeah well there is now with, with gigantic success stories you know yes. yeah absolutely uh, welcome to the know. rushmore of pasty vampire boys who've made it uh uh but you're you right because he had the northman and he showed the hell up for that that was one of his best roles post true yeah for sure um and but uh, even that what's that skinwalker movie that we watched like with uh God. what's his face you know what i'm talking about where like he played an american he played an American soldier, and then, like, it's all about, like, werewolves, pretty much. Like, skinwalkers. And what's-his-face, uh, 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 right. so familiar. Uh, I know you watched it. I can't, I can't yeah. think of what it's called now. But, like, he's great in that, and he's great in, like, there's military movies that he's been in in the past. Like, Skarsgård's yeah. always been a good actor. But, he's like, reliable. He's really been showing up, like, these last yeah. couple years. And, and again, like, the very first thing I, I saw him in was True Blood, which I just hated everything it's, about that show. It's, you, you know what? I, was, I hated it... I hated it later than you did, like because I sure. stuck with it. I finished it, and then when the finale ended, my parents and I were like, "That was they did not stick the landing at all. That was ass. That whole season was terrible." Yeah, right? Like everyone's we were gonna, just like, everyone's gonna die of this. vampire AIDS. <laughs> Sorry, <much>. everybody. <laughs> uh, and he not that he was bad in that show, but oh. like it's not a you know it, it's a usually you know have you seen a lot of those other people? Exactly. Yeah. What happened to Bill? Bill? He married Rogue, and they both went nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Anna Paquin, I still see in stuff uh, on like TV shows and stuff like that, but that's it. You know, like they're not really doing much else. And then, of course, you have uh, um, the really very attractive redhead um, still showing up every now and then in some roles. She was in the old movie. Oh, uh, yeah. What's her face? Yeah. Um, Daredevil girl. Karen Page, yes. She yeah. was in the old movie that I watched, which is, this is a brilliant segue, by the way. Let's uh, go right into it. I like Infinity Pool, great. All right. 
Infinity, Infinity Pool. This is great. <laughs> great movie. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. To us, yeah. at least. Not for everybody, yeah. but great movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if, you uh, want, if you ever wanted to dip your feet into Cronenberg, this is the easiest dip in, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I would say so, too, actually, uh, as far as modern Cronenberg goes. Like, maybe Infinity Pool, then go Crimes of the Future. And if you can stomach both of those, then you can get a little wackier. You know, Crimes of the Future is really wacky to me. It is, but I would say Infinity Pool is less wacky, so that could be like a building, a stepping stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I I get what you're saying. For sure, for sure. (laughs) But anyway, the movie that I watched was one that you recommended a long time ago when we were doing a podcast on, I don't even remember which podcast it was. If it was There Is No Podcast or Entertainment, I have no freaking clue. Could have been another multiverse. I don't know. Um, But the actress we were just talking about, the redhead, I think her name, Deborah Ann Wool. Yeah, well, yeah. Or she's wolf. briefly in this movie. Mm. It's called Ruby Sparks. Oh, okay, yeah. She's Paul Dano's ex-girlfriend in, in the party. Boy, scene. you had a little Dano in your life. This is—I yeah. remember liking this movie, but I can't remember why. <laughs> you rec- you recommended it to me because um, this movie was like 2010 or 2011 or something like that. I, yeah, yeah. So it might have still been fresh in your mind when you actually recommended it to me because I think it was like 2015 or 16 when you actually. Yeah it out there like hey this is a cool premise really liking this movie yeah it's such a great premise of like this guy is like writing it's kind of like a stranger than a fiction premise um, but it's a it's a more specific version of it and not so much like stranger than fiction is i think it's a great movie but it's a little a little bit more like uh it's a little bit more like uh generalized the concept of her writing something and it's affecting Mm -hmm. this random person's life whereas this one is directly impacting the author's life you know, in front of him, he's writing this, uh, this, this, you know, dream girl that he's, you know, literally dreaming of and falling in love with. And uh, then poof, she's suddenly in his life for real off of, uh, you know, off of the words that he typed on, on a typewriter. Um, and apparently it, it adapts to, you know, he can type anything related to her personality and she takes on that personality. Like there's that part where he's like talking to his brother about her. And he's like, I swear to God, this she's straight off the page. I can make her I, look. I look what I look what I can do. And he's like, he makes her speak French, nothing but French. And uh, that's such a great scene too. Like yeah, Christmas scene. Plays it, it, it is coming back to me now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so a great cast, by the way, through and through. Like it's just really impressive what they put together for being such a like early 2010s indie movie. Because um, Zoe Kazan, she wrote it, and Paul Dano. I think she was, she was already dating him at the time. Um, so she wrote him as the lead. Uh, and then uh, who else is in it? Christmas scene is the brother. I mentioned him. I think Mar- the actress who plays Marlene is in it, too, um, from Last of Us. Uh, and then uh, who else is it? Annette Benning? I think, plays Paul mm-hmm. Dano's mom and Antonio Banderas. I think he's like her boyfriend or something like that. I think it was like kind of clear like he, that Paul Dano didn't really care for him. Like he was kind of being... I don't know. He was like everything Paul Dano wishes he was, basically. He's just charismatic and outgoing and extroverted. Right, right. Um, I can see why you like this movie, uh, because he had a lot of personality quirks that I was like, it kind of reminds me of Kyle. Yeah, well, and like, I I remember, like, I was writing a lot at this time. And so when I saw it, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is like infinitely relatable. Uh, Because like, I remember there being a lot of struggles with his writing and then this kind of thing happened to him where he's able to like write her in and yeah i forget all the specifics but i was like oh yeah this is all like yeah well I, it's, I can resonate it's, with it's the fact that he gets to a certain point with ruby where um they kind of hit a lull because this is what happens to everybody that gets what they want all the time uh-huh. is eventually you get tired of the thing you have that you wanted your whole life 
And so he starts to change things about her. Like, she's like, let's spend some time apart. And then he gets lonely. And he's like, he, then he writes her to be clingy. He's like, I, I want her to be, you know, to, to not be able to live without me. And then it got, gets comical to a point where she gets upset that he uh, let go of her hand when they were holding hands walking down the street. And she, like, literally stops and starts crying for zoe kazan is so good in this movie i remember um, that scene yeah. but there, there, is, there are there is some part of it where like she becomes a little more outgoing than him and he starts to resent her because of it because he's so introverted like it's uh, the extroverted introverted side of him is always battling and the introverted side ended up kind of winning uh when he and uh ruby started arguing and stuff like that so it's like the introverted part of him i was like there's some there's some kyle right there you know like yeah yeah no i remember a lot of stay in and like not be around i remember that a lot of the relationship stuff was like really like resonating at the time too i was because like i you know i was dating a lot back then and uh, now i'm I'm, now i'm too grumpy and old to do all that so (laughs) (laughs) this is this is truly a great movie though i highly recommend going and it out I'm going to rewatch um, it because I remember really liking it. Hulu. You, I, yeah. I, I was just scrolling through Hulu and I was like, I've been meaning to watch that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's the second directorial effort from the Little Miss Sunshine uh, duo. Um, so Which they is did. why I think I watched it because, like, uh, I'm not the guy who finds hidden indie gems. Like, I right. like them, but, like, usually they're recommended to me. And this is one that I'm like, oh, I found because I remember seeing the trailers and seeing that who was attached to it and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, I really like Little Miss Sunshine. And it's yeah. got a great poster of Paul Dano. Uh, like, there's words on a page behind him. And Paul Dano is literally taking Zoe Kazan, like, carrying her away from the words on the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like she's made of the words or whatever. And that's true. That visual is truly like the movie. Like, Zoe Kazan specifically wrote it to be like, you know, um, how <laughs> how men have this weird, impossible... Uh, uh, standard for women um and it's it plays throughout the movie too like and it, it doesn't come off to a point where like well, this is a man-hating movie it doesn't come off that way at all it, it mm-hmm. it's more to do with how men are as indecisive as they claim women are you know like, like yeah <laughs> yeah really, that's right well it's another kind of like 500 days of summer style thing where it's like your yeah. male hero is not like a truly good dude you know what i mean right. a very, it is a very flawed kind of uh selfish individual that yeah. learns a lesson by the end of it but like yeah through kind of being a selfish asshole a little yeah, bit exactly. uh which i kind of like those movies because like those are our, our those are our chick flicks you know what i mean yeah, and exactly. while you're not supposed to be cheering on for these people and what they want like you don't like you shouldn't be able to control women by typing we're like that's you know that's kind of yeah. It's kind of uh, Emperor Palpatine evil, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, but like, if, if but, but the like, lessons that they learn through it, through doing these asshole acts, like I don't know, it's good yeah. brain food for for and dudes. I, you know? I don't remember who wrote Five Hundred Days of Summer. Probably, uh, probably a dude, and that's probably why there's a lot of people that don't like it, because um, they look at it from that lens and go, "Oh, that's not dudes aren't nice." Ugh. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's kind of the point." But Ruby yeah. Sparks being written by a woman, it just. It just wouldn't have played as well if it were written by yeah. a guy and he's just I able agree. to write a dream girl the whole time and, you know, have fun with that, more or less. Like, I just, I preferred the existential Me too. Uh, kind of, like, I don't know, inner struggles that the main character had to go through, mm. which I don't feel like, yes, plenty of male writers would have, could have written that. But I just feel like Zoe Kazan was able to get there in a much more smoother way. She's a good writer, man. Um, yep. I think she and Paul Dano co-wrote Wild. Is it called Wildlife? Something like that. 
uh, and Paul Dano directed it, and it's Jake Gyllenhaal and Carey Mulligan, I think, and they're like divorcing. This um, sounds amazing. I've, I've never, I've never they're going through a divorce, but it focuses on like the kid in the marriage, like the kid that you know he's he's watching. It's it's through the kid's eyes he's seeing his parents fight and stuff like that. It's a mm-hmm. great movie. Obviously not as conceptual as Ruby Sparks, but uh, sure. it's way more grounded. But uh, that is a great. I'm just trying to say those two are very talented together or apart. Does not matter. Um, I'm glad they're together, though. Power couple right there. Yeah, yeah. They, anyway, they're still together. Okay, great. I'm glad. Yeah, I think so. I think they're married now. Um, anyway, I'm glad we started podcasting when we did so you could recommend that to me and I could think about it ever since you recommended it to me for years. I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> All this time later, you remembered this. And like yes. for a second, I'm like, I don't know what movie that is. <laughs> But no, I, I I remember the second you started talking about it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is not really my, I was like, I was really a big cuck for this movie for like a whole year. <laughs> totally I was like, no, my my sensitive writer self, who's almost, you know, who's turning 30 or just about to turn 30 at that time or whatever, uh, found this movie that like I really connected to and resonated with. And of course, yeah. all this time later, I'm like, what are you? This would what? have been like kind of like how when I saw Tick, Tick, Boom, it was like uh, this was two years ago or whatever. I already talked about it on the podcast. But the, I saw that at like a, at the right time in my life, mm-hmm. and I feel like had I seen Ruby Sparks around the time you did, I probably would have hit me the same exact way, and I would have been like, "Where was this movie my whole life?" You know? Like, yeah, like, yeah. You know, uh, the Tick Tick Boom ended up being that for me, um, and it still kind of is. Um, anyway, the movie's awesome. Uh, but uh, yeah, what's an old movie that you uh, you caught recently? Uh, I've been in a really uh, anime mood lately. Uh, I've been catching up on all sorts of anime and everything like that. So I got, I got bit by some kind of bug that will probably only last about three weeks, and then I'll go back to watching, you know, America, good old American stuff, you know. This year's um, America. Uh, so I was watching like Attack on Titan. You know, I've been I've been catching up on a new show that I can't even pronounce right now. Uh, uh, <laughs> that Mark got me into my my uh, my longtime buddy. Um, he's, he's my anime guru. He's the guy, if he says I should watch something, like, I'm like, eh, okay, if you're recommending it to me, like, I should probably watch this. Yeah. Um, uh, anyways, the old he movie I watched face, because yeah. of this mood I'm in is, it was Akira, which was my first anime, like, Japanese anime movie I ever saw growing up. Mm-hmm. And it dawned on me while I was watching it, might have been my first cyberpunk thing I'd ever seen. Oh, Yeah. How it was so strange, where because I always kind of liken it to the Matrix. I'm like, ah, Matrix is kind of maybe my first like big cyberpunk thing I ever got into in terms of like aesthetic. You know what I mean? Not yeah. like, uh, um, you know, uh, just that type of genre or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this is very much like, like because I saw this before I saw Blade Runner and stuff too. Which maybe Blade Runner, uh, you know, I saw after the Matrix. So still, like, we're not, you know, that's not even the first thing. But there's holograms everywhere and flying cars and just the aesthetic yeah. of Blade Runner. Think of that, you know, that that's kind of what Akira lot, went with. There's a lot of color in Akira, like uh, very color. Yeah, the Matrix for is more like grays and blues and greens and yeah, and all yeah, dark. It. And for an 80s yeah. like uh anime you know which i'm sure it's been cleaned up over the years like it is a very pretty you know yeah. uh, anime you know and i the i know the voice acting got better over the years because i remember watching it even as a kid like i was like oh this is awful and now it's yeah, not i think so they awful. redubbed it like twice since <laughs> i think yeah it's gone through some changes you know yeah. um what a what a wild movie this is uh i really so enjoy nutty. it and it's just like it's just a crescendo of weird, but I was really appreciating kind of like the background storytelling this time around where uh, just kind of picking up stuff in the background and kind of like little things of how the world was working and everything. And just the the guerrilla fighters that are like fighting on be- because they were moved by, you know, the, the idea of this like holy being called Akira. So like they're fighting to free these, 
you know, uh, super powered kids, you know, that the government are weaponizing and using and stuff like that. And like this struggle amongst all of this, um, you know, uh, the powers of Akira being born in this like weirdo boy who's got a real yes. big chip on her shoulder about everything. Um, and it's just interesting. I really like this anime a lot. And I, I, I go back to it every few years. And, uh, you know, it's probably been about 10 years since I've seen it now. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot. This is like why I fell in love with this stuff. And um fell in love with anime in general and everything like that someone showed me this real young uh and it was just yeah i was gonna say this movie came out in 88 and the fact that you saw it before like blade runner and you had yeah to super... blade runner i was super late on you know what i mean I oh, okay. blade until like 2004 2005 i was still in high school but i was graduating high school oh you know? i see so, okay so i yeah, saw I it much, much after like five or six years after that yeah yeah, yeah. So I was late to Blade Runner, and at that time you didn't know which version you were supposed to watch too. So I right. think I watched. I think yeah, I watched the theatrical cut, and I was like, "This watch, is yeah. this is awful." And someone's like, "No, you gotta watch the director's cut, man." And I'm like, "Whatever." Uh, <laughs> and then the final Alien cut didn't Street, come out you know? until after we graduated. The final cut was like 2007 or 2008 or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. It was but you had to watch the director's later. cut and then wait for a final cut, which had some additional scenes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little more cleaned up. I still to this day don't know if you're supposed to watch the director's cut or the final cut. I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't either. I don't, I think, I'm sure I someone the, has the answer to that. But I think the final cut is like the same goal, same objective as the director's cut, where like you're supposed to think Deckard is like an, a replicant by the end of it. Yeah, um, yeah, like all the signs are there, but nobody explicitly says it. Yeah, um, I just think there's some extra scenes out of for context. I can't remember what though, because I looked up the differences forever. Me ago too. I did, I did too, but I still don't understand. Like, I, even though I know that uh, some of the differences are off the top of my head, I don't know what like the internet considers. Because yeah. I know, you know, what they're they're. Uh, I'm trying to think of another movie that that's done this before where they've changed everything it doesn't really matter but uh but uh, whatever uh, i i yeah there are I, that movies was, that i hope they do a director's cut where they change everything i don't know i'm just saying yeah like, like <laughs> yeah right like the movie passengers with chris pratt and jennifer lawrence i wish oh, there was a director's, the director's cut that now. rearranged everything with that movie uh um, yeah that'd be that'd be something you know adele told jennifer lawrence not to take that role i don't know that's what buzzfeed tells me every day that's so uh, funny i like what does that have to do with you, anything you shouldn't do the role i'm just saying you shouldn't do it <laughs> <laughs> it's always easy to forget Adele talks like that because she sings so elegantly. Yeah. And then when she talks, she's like, "Hello, what's going on over here?" What are we yeah, doing but it's here? like it's not the proper <laughs> yes. English accent. It's like almost Cockney. A little yes. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um. Anyways, really like Akira. Really yeah. sent me down a nice little anime vibe right that I'm enjoying right now. And oh. again, when I'm done with this, I'll probably. I don't know what I want to say about that movie is uh, I didn't watch it until we did. Uh, nobody's gonna be able to find these podcasts anymore. Because I think I took the feeds down or something. Maybe Good. Too much. Um, Limited edition. Yeah. But but <laughs> when we did a tournament podcast, uh, we did 1988 movies, I think. And I think we did a smaller bracket for that because it was like, there's no way we can watch, you know, all these old ass movies. And there's there's yeah. a lot fewer of them in that decade and that year specifically. Um, but Akira was one of them. And that got like a U.S. release uh, that year, I think. I think. Because mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure we did our homework before we did. Yeah. This. Yeah. Um, but that was the first time I saw it. And uh, I was like, Jesus, this movie. No it's wacky wonder. stuff, man. Yeah. yeah, it's wacky, but like, no wonder it's so influential on like every. Yeah, well, that's it's the other, like, I mean, even as much as like Nope from last year, like I was, know, I Jordan, was literally googling that on my phone to be like, did Nope make a reference? I'm pretty sure they made a reference. Yeah, to Jordan Jordan Peele got the motorcycle scene in. Yeah. He's like, I finally got the motorcycle skit in because uh, you know, classically, he was originally supposed to do the movie. You know, yeah. uh, that that's been talked about forever. 
Yeah, um, it was between him and Taika at one point, and then yeah. Taika, I think, moved on to something Leonardo else. DiCaprio was attached to it at some points. Um, wow. Yeah, like way, way long ago. Like I say thing. just don't. I mean, no, I know no, the Because every there, version I've ever like, heard of has always been like in Neo-New York. I'm like, out, I'm out. So yeah. in Neo-New York, there's going to be like the two main characters are Tetsuo and Kanida. You know, like... <laughs> They're gonna change. Not that there's to, not Japanese people in New Jack York, but like Kevin. it makes more sense that it's Japan because like it's about World War Three and like they they yes they I don't know and like even the stadium that it takes place in like the yeah. the cultural importance of that stadium for the entire nation of Japan right. is is like it's a big deal. They built it for the Olympics like in uh, eighty like in the, whenever it was there in the eighties and like it was it was a big deal for Japan economically and. And everything like that. So the symbolism of it getting destroyed at the end by uh, people's sins or whatever the movie's supposed to mean, uh, you know, like it, it's like it's it's thematic it and everything like, like that. I I I'm I'm brushing over it, it because like that abstract, would take forever yeah. to that would take forever yeah. to get into <laughs> what, what that actually means. So that, that, the, that you, uh, the fact that you mentioned that reminds me to be excited for the Ghost of Tsushima movie that's going to come out because uh, they're dead set on being like. This when, is a Japanese movie and needs well, Japanese actors. Nobody is like pitching that movie and being like, well, in Arizona, uh, on a little yes. town called Tsushima, you know, like, yeah. it's okay to leave things in their source country. Yeah, exactly. like <laughs> and I think Chad uh, Sahelski, the guy who he is fam most famously done the John Wick movies, he's doing the Ghost of Tsushima movie next. And uh, he was saying, he was looking at an example in a recent interview. Uh, he was looking at The Last of Us, and he was like, see, you can make a great video game adaptation. You just have to show care for the material that you're adapting. He's saying all the right things about yeah. this, this he adaptation. Wants to, he wants it to be in Japanese, too. Which I'm yeah, like, yeah, he's like, no, I want it to be straight up like an actual Japanese movie. Uh, and I'm like, that's freaking awesome, dude. Like, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm so pumped. That's yeah. a great story, by the way. It's a um, wonderful story, yeah. Yeah, that's a very cinematic story. It has it has every right to be on a big screen like that. A really good action in that game. Speaking of, speaking of, at well, well, let me tell you something about action, dude. Uh, it's my dudesy shirt for those that I am showing off my dudesy shirt that says "wool" on it for those that are listening. Yeah, um, and I'm showing off my Mandalorian shirt, which had a lot of action in it this week. It did. <laughs> Uh, I love Ahmed best. Has has nothing to do with anything. Um, just love yeah, that yeah. I uh, no spoilers or nothing. No just, you know, specific reason at all. Love that guy. Yeah, Damn. that guy's great. <laughs> anyway, the top the pick, pick five list that we're doing this week. <laughs> trying to see how high I can get it every week. Uh, we're doing uh in 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 honor of John Wick four coming out, which we're both super amped to see. I'm seeing it. Uh, top Thursday. ten most hype movies I've ever been for in my entire life. Oh yeah, dude. I am just the reviews have gotten me even more psyched because now I, I'm now actually seeing an actual aggregate so score and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like if it were like fifty five like Shazam or Quantum yeah. I'd be like, Oh, they're probably wrong or whatever. Like I would just Yeah, yeah. Kind of but now I'm that, I'm like, Oh, of course it's the best movie ever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Three hours and and everybody makes it sound like it's earned. Like get oh, I'm like, I can't not wait. one time did it, I have I heard anyone going and it was way too I didn't hear anybody yeah. say anything about, negative about the length which I know it it is like three hours right it's like two forty five yeah, or something it's, like that it's yeah. like two forty five two fifty yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway we're, we Jesus. we were gonna do I think our first thought process was well let's do something for Shazam or John Wick because it's relevant uh, we're always trying to stay relevant here on because it's current cinema not yesterday yeah. cinema That's right. um, 
But we were going to do like something like best action scenes. And, and then both of us were like, we would just pick the same five. Like we would just pick like four raid scenes. And... It'd be the raid and Mad Max. Fury yeah. Like, that's, yeah, that's exactly. The whole li- all that's five. The whole right there. <laughs> so we came up with a rule to do action scenes from before the year two, from movies that came out before the year 2000. So these, these are, it's sad to say, these are considered retro action scenes. And I'm just really disheartened to say that because I remember those years like yeah, very year. vividly, very much. This so. is this is pre turn of the century, <laughs> pre turn of the century action sequences. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! Um, and I still feel like we're gonna have a lot of commonalities, but at least this creates a a, a more interesting discussion. Yeah, um, in my opinion. Um, but and I think both of us, as we were crafting our lists, which we didn't reveal to each other yet, uh, yeah. we were both like had the same logic in terms of like the type of action you're getting out of each scene. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only two scenes for me that are very similar stylistically, maybe three. Three, I have three hand-to-hand combat scenes, but the just the settings are, are very different. Mm, okay. Um, but yeah, I do have it. We talked about a shootout and a chase scene and stuff like that, and I put that in here too. I'll go ahead and start with. I'm going to start with my chase scene, and this one's. Uh, these are none of these are like underrated or anything. That was another one we talked about too. Is doing underrated action scenes. And it was yeah. Like, how do you even prove that? How do I, sometimes it's easy <laughs> to quantify something that's underrated, but yeah. like I don't know. Yeah, I don't, again, like, nobody, like you're talking about a single about scene. scene enough. Like what? Yeah, right. Like you remember in Kiss of the Dragon when he hit all those police guys with the batons or whatever? I think that was pretty underrated. I was like, well, everyone screamed at my theater for that one. Like, okay, whatever. I, I guess it's not underrated then. I don't know. Uh, uh, so, by the way, great fight scene. Kiss yeah, very much so. I've I've yeah. seen. It's got the that a lot when it first came out. The home video, yeah. kind of like in Cena Man, but like uh, haven't seen it in a while since then. Yeah. Um, anyway, my my I'm gonna go with a chase scene first, and it's Terminator 2: Judgment Day. Uh, the semi truck chase nice. scene. It, again, it's kind of obvious, but this was for me at this age because this movie was like what 91. I think it was 91. So it was very much. Well, first off, I was barely allowed to watch it because there's it's R rated. Uh, and that, that was very controlled in my house, like when you could watch R-rated movies. Yeah, I think it was like thirteen or fourteen when my parents were like, "Okay, let's see." My R-rated mom movies. cared. My dad used to sneak me into rated R movies all the time. So, oh, that's funny. Yeah, but yeah. I actually, um, I remember my first R-rated movie. It was a big deal to me, uh, and it was another Schwarzenegger movie. It was Eraser. It was a. Big I saw deal. Eraser in theaters. I yeah. saw Eraser in theater. My dad, my dad snuck me out of Sunday school to go see that movie in theaters. That's awesome. He did not like that my mom was raising me Catholic, so that's a little <laughs> Kyle Corner lore right there. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. You had a religious war going on in their house. Yeah, that's yeah, way underneath the bellows of that yeah. family unit. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, Terminator Two: Judgment. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to say about the. So I mean, if you've seen the chase scene that I'm talking about, where Arnold is on a bike with John Connor. Uh, and he's got that shotgun, you know, pointed behind. It's very iconic scene. It's Immedi- so cool. Yeah. Immediately iconic. And the semi, uh, the thing that makes it one of the best action scenes is the fact that everything's practical before James yeah. Cameron That's made my everything favorite. CG. But like, the semi is literally going off of a bridge, like overpass, uh, under under where like this whatever the sewer crap is, uh, whatever you call those little, you know, what I'm talking about. In LA, yeah. they have those. Sp- little, it's a spillway. What yeah. spillway? Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I never looked at it. It's where life. John Travolta and all of his racing hooligans raced in Greece. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they they film a lot there all the time. Yeah, they love, yeah. They love that area in Hollywood. Well, and that scene is like culturally relevant because like Grand Theft Auto has ripped it off. Like oh, everything, yes. everything has paid homage to it in some way. San Andreas, I think, was the uh, 
GTA. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. That's right. And, um, they, and they put it in G- They put that, at least I should say, they put that area of the map because it's a very famous area in GTA 5. Uh, yeah. It's in there. Um, yep, but, you know, there's that. no, I think there is actually a high scene where you have to. There's a lot. There's actually quite a bit of missions that go through there. Yeah. You have to go through the underground, like the sewer level, and then you go into the spillway. Yeah. yeah, I, think, yeah. I, think, yeah sub, I think it's like the subway to underground mm-hmm. to the spillway. Right. Area. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because you have to go on a bike and switch characters and stuff like that. Okay. So never mind. There are some scenes that actually occur there in GTA 5. Um, but yeah, this scene is just amazing. Um, not much more to Agreed. say about it. I mean, if you've seen it, you know why I chose it. <laughs> so Kyle, yeah, go ahead right. with, your, uh, with your first pick. Um, so I'm not going to do it in any order. Since you picked car, I'll go car for chase scenes or whatever. Nice. Um, I did I did Ronin. Uh, oh my god, yes. It's a seven. Hell? It's a seven minute chase scene. I just yes. watched it. You know, uh, not the movie, but the chase scene. Uh, seven minutes of no just talking, like. Right? Almost no talking, like, and, yeah. like, three people in a car, and, like, I'm telling you, man, like, to this day, it's still maybe in the top five greatest car sequences of all time. If not, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. in the top three or two or whatever, you know, I like, think, it is. Uh, I think French, I think, if you're not counting, if you're, okay, if you're removing Fury Road from the equation, which is probably the best to, version. You have to, yeah. Of, There's, the I think, full, there, all five of the greatest action sequences involving cars. Yes, right. right. <laughs> uh, but I think French Connection for for me like just having i think i saw it like a few times now like twice in my life but knowing the history of that car sequence and how they didn't get any permits or any rights they just did it they just did yeah. it out of traffic and when they did it 30 years before ronan did you know right. what i mean and yeah. ronan is obviously inspired heavily by that very scene much so very yeah. much even so. even the, even like because there's a lot there's a lot of like in the cameras in the car shots a lot yeah. of camera on the hood shots, you know, a lot of can't like they take a lot of that inspiration from um, from French Connection. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But Ronan was like, I remember watching that movie. I think we did a car chase. We did. Yeah. 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 I think that's why I saw it. I saw I saw the movie because everybody like literally you and every it's a great list, movie too. Yeah. every list imaginable has Ronan up there for best car. chase. Yeah. So. By the way, this is my list. I, they're all, you're all everyone's gonna be like well of course you have that on my list yeah because my list is right and same with you <laughs> like you were saying like terminator 2 like i know it's kind of a no duh it is a no duh pick what's well, also one of the best so of course it's a no duh pick yeah, yeah guys, sometimes visual, it's occam's razors guys you know like sometimes yeah, it is what it is because that's what it is you know that visual like i don't know immediately iconic visual of like a giant ass truck uh going i like over leaning over to people who have never seen it before who are watching it and going they did all that real you know, like <laughs> It's the, That's it's real. The Lord, that, it's they the really wrecked that eighteen wheeler. Uh, it's Lord of the Rings, Viggo Mortensen. It is. It's, it's a hey, he really broke his toe there. <laughs> <laughs> they really threw that eighteen wheeler off a bridge. You know? <laughs> I want to turn that into a reverse meme now, where Aragorn breaks his foot for real, and I just go, "How you doing? You doing all right?" <laughs> <laughs> and people, are like, what the hell is that about? I'm just asking how you. I just want to see how you're doing. I have nothing of trivial to say. It's a mid-act one checkup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I certainly have no Q&A facts about this. Anyway, uh, Ronan's fantastic, though. I remember being completely blown away by that uh, car chase scene. I don't remember who directed that movie. It's a real shame that whoever it is... You know, really there's only some way to find out. That. It's too bad. It's such. It's so we don't believe in the internet on this show. <laughs> Uh, I'll go with another one. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, this is a one of the uh, hand-to-hand combat scenes. Uh, but this is Jackie Chan doing his thing in his prime, dude. This is okay. uh, which one should you go with? Is, who am I? 
Um, oh, okay, nice. Yeah, on the roof. You didn't go with like Drunken Master, or I didn't watch those enough. I that's I watched, awesome. I like, like that you went with Who Am I, I? I watched Who Am I, Meals on Wheels, and Meals uh, on Wheels. Yeah, Rumble in the Bronx. I watched. So like there were like three that I watched repeatedly, and I yeah. Drunken Ma- my brother loved the Drunken Master stuff more than I did. <laughs> Um, I think I so think most people do. I think like, that's the one that hit mainstream more than all of them. Yeah, yeah. If I had to take a guess, you know, that's why I like there's that you went with two, Who Am I? That's such there's a one that's like something about a condor Operation Condor or something like that. I think yeah, I watched that yeah. one quite a bit too. But there was definitely like a stream of Jackie Chan movies, just a yeah. wave of them, just just flooded was, the American. He was market. the man, man. But Who Am I was I think that was like pre him flooding American markets with all those movies mm-hmm. because this was a Japanese movie. Um, obviously, it ended up coming out stateside, and I watched it obviously, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. over and over. But the the rooftop scene is most famous for uh, well, the fact that it never ends. Uh, <laughs> it's like an eight <laughs> minute scene of him fighting like three really strong guys, and there is a famous a, a, to me at least in my brain a really famous part of him and the guy he's fighting just kicking each other in the shins over and over again. And then they take, they both take a, bre- a breath at the same time and rub their shins like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got that like interweaving, like natural comedy into his fight. Nothing forced about his comedy. Yeah. It's, it's always like natural and like, that would make sense that fighters would do that. They'd be like, ah, damn, hold on. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I think, is that the movie that, um, ends with that big stunt where he slides down the building i think that's who am i right i don't remember i don't remember uh, how that movie ends but it is there is a rooftop scene where he like confronts a bunch of baddies and uh um i can't even remember the plot of the movie other than the, the premise of it being the name the title of the movie like he doesn't know who he is yeah that's all i remember. and he knows how to fight it's like a born identity type premise um yeah yeah but yeah i do i do recall that big stunt of him like grabbing it's like some type of banner or something and he uses that to slide down. It's like a building that has like this type of architecture. So he's just slide like for real. He did for uh-huh. real because he's Jackie Chan. He slid right. down the thing all the way down to the bottom and he's shot the it. Coolest, just freaking madman, dude. I don't care how uh, pro China he is. You know, he look yeah, how exactly. cool he is. Look how cool he is. <laughs> I was watching that going. This bootlicker is so talented. <laughs> you can be both. You can be, you both, can be yeah. cool and a bootlicker. You know? <laughs> uh, but it's, yeah, it's a great time. Highly recommend it's just really going and out that fight. Like, I could not believe, like, when I looked at the YouTube clip, I don't remember the fight being that long. So when I watched it, I was like, oh, my God, they're still going. <laughs> it's the best, dude. Uh, which yeah, one the, ones which... That are the ones that end up staying the long, like, I, I love it when you're like, oh, God, wow, that was, that was, a, that was a long yeah. one. You know? It's it like the kitchen away. fight in, we're not, we're not going to dwell on it because that's not what we're here to do with this list. But the kitchen fight, but it would be on the list if we were doing top. Oh my god! Because the kitchen fight in the raid two is like these guys are in one location and it's two of them and they're fighting for literally thirteen minutes. Like it's, yeah, it's insane how much they're asked to do and keep it fresh and have variety. Yeah, I remember showing that and they're like, man, they look so tired. I'm like, they are. They are. (laughs) Like, look at this scene. (laughs) You think they had? You think they said cut? Let's clean up the blood and start from. Yeah, right. right. We're gonna we're gonna cut this. We're gonna take this over tomorrow. No. They're professional stuntmen doing work, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's another one of yours? Uh, so you gave a kicky punchy scene. I'm gonna do kind of one as well. This this kind of fits my uh, classic and original, you know, yeah. uh, fight scene. So this would be a kung fu scene. It's from Fist of Fury. It's the dojo fight scene where oh. Bruce Lee fights like thirty dudes. 
Um, it's super good. I really like this scene a lot. It's I like this movie a lot too. This Chen Zen series, which like Jet Li did a Chen Zen movie, uh, and Donnie Yen, who did a movie called uh, Legend of the Fist: The Return of Chen Zen. FYI, mm-hmm. one of the greatest one of the greatest action kung fu movies of all time. And he's and it's a sequel, you know, to this movie. Um, couldn't put that on the list, but I had to give it a shout out because uh, it came out, you know, in two thousand something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fist of Fury, though, man, this scene's really good, dude. And it's just like Bruce Lee doing his Bruce Lee thing. Yeah. But this is my favorite of, like, I know everyone likes Enter the Dragon. I know Fist of Fury as well. Well, I'm not trying to sell this as a Bruce Lee underdog movie by any means. Uh, but, like, even um, uh, from all of his other movies, this is the one that always stands out to me because, like, I just really like how you orchestrate a movie, or I'm sorry, a scene with so many people coming at you. And why yeah. it's always kind of corny because they kind of come one at a time. That's It's all part yeah. of the ballet, it's part of the dance. Yeah. And there's a, such a good build up to this scene. I love, by the way, this is a visual gag, uh, but I love yeah. when you <clears throat> see extras preparing to run up to the one person that's fighting. And they're just doing, like, this in the background. Yeah, and yeah. That's yeah. it. They're not even, they're running in place, but they're like moving their arms a lot, like like they're doing something, but they're yeah. not. It's well, just... and, it, and, and back then in the 70s, they're so yeah. much more animated, so it's, yeah. like it's, it's a little <laughs> yes. goofier. And that, and that kind of leads to my next point, is like when he walks in into, into the dojo in the middle of everybody, he's kind of slowly like unbuttoning yeah. his like gi, and then when he like flips it off like Jet Li does, like everybody in the background goes, oh, you know, like, <laughs> they fall back and they get in the defensive position, but it's like 30 yeah. dudes who did it, and it's just so funny but earned also, it's not like comedic, how all these people are afraid of this one guy. And like Bruce Lee, just like, he, that, he's kind of an asshole, don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I unfortunately had the, uh, uh, you know, uh, the luck of learning all the like shitty stuff about him. And I'm like, oh man. Because like when you're yeah. growing up, he's kind of like this infallible, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, cool guy or whatever. Anyways, uh, he's super cool in this movie. He's earned being cool, uh, and uh, I just really like this scene quite a bit. Yeah. It's a classic. It's one of the all-time greats, you know, in terms. Yeah, of I, I don't think I, I'm, I know I've seen this fight scene because as you're describing it, I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen that visual. Like I, I know. Yeah. I'm, I just don't know if I've seen the movie all the way through. Because my brother was the one that I mainly watched the Kung Fu stuff with. Sure, sure. Um, so it was like kind of dependent on when he put it on <laughs> I would watch. Yeah. You know? I feel like everybody talks about Enter the Dragon and the O'Hara fight and all that stuff. And then the mirror, the mirror fights at the end. Like, I feel like everyone always talks about those. But like, I can't I'm believe a, you mentioned the O'Hara. I was just going to mention that's one of my that's it's on my list is the O'Hara. See, fight. everyone always mentions yeah. it. <laughs> you can segue just, into that one if you want. It's just because there's like, well, yeah, since we're on Bruce Lee. Um, it's just because there's like a whole narrative context to the fight that I felt added a lot of weight to it because he's a good fighting. Fight. Yeah, he's fighting the person that killed his sister, right? Is that what it is? Or daughter, or sister? Yeah, sister? yeah. Um, I forget exactly, but, but the I think point is, right. is like that he is fighting somebody that he has every reason to just kill with his bare hands right then and there. But he mm. shows so much restraint through every move and just deflects because that's that's it. that was his fighting style from the beginning was always about defense, mm-hmm. uh, much like the Jedi. Oh. Oh, oh, that's oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> when we do that, we're adjusting to our shirts a lot. Sorry to the audio, yeah. uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but obviously there it does come a moment where he he out of necessity has to kill the guy because he's you know he tries to kill him first. Um, mm-hmm. I think after he actually wins the fight because this is all happening in a tournament or whatever. I haven't yeah. seen the movie in a long time, but I very it's been a, it's I, been a hot second. I do time. remember the mirror fight, but I I watched it back on YouTube and I was like, oh, there's a lot less mirrors than I remember. Like, there's a lot yeah. Less well, and my problem with the mirror fight is is shots of him walking through, and that's it. Like, it's how like, many action movies do pays homage to that? 
And not yeah, that I'm sick yeah. of it. I'm not sick of it at all, but I'm like, seen that a thousand times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> John Wick. Even John Wick did it. Yeah, I yeah. just rewatched those movies. And I'm like, I forgot they had this whole goddamn... The mirror <laughs> thing, yeah. Fight scene. yeah. Well, you got to watch Ruby Rose eat it. That was nice. Um, that was yeah. In hindsight, that scene aged really well. <laughs> be seeing you. Such a... Yeah, no, you won't. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, however he does it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I love that they took that mirror concept and turned it into again, not to make it about a modern action movie, but in the third John Wick movie, they played with glass instead of mirrors. Yeah. And and like where a certain like there's a part where Zero surprises him and John Wick fires a shot and it's bulletproof, bulletproof glass. glass yeah. And I was like, oh man, they could have done so much. It feeds more into the sword fighting glass. too because they'll use the edges of the glass to like get the sword yeah. stuck and stuff like that. God, yeah, those movies are so well crafted. So it's <laughs> out of control. And I love and I love that Zero. Uh, uh, I can't remember the actor's name. I'm sure you remember Mark Dacascos. Thank you. Uh, I love that his character is basically just a big assassin nerd. Like he's a nerd for other assassins that are famous. So he's just excited the whole time that he yeah. needs to fight. But like, he is face. good, too, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's, he's like, he's, I, he even needed, like, that moment of, like, I have a, you know, I'm not very confident right now because I was just defeated. Was that a good fight? Or Yeah, like, like, that's, that's a good fight, wasn't it, John? Yeah, you got a sword <laughs> sticking out of him. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> Kills me. Especially because yeah. at the end of the movie when... Morpheus, not Morpheus, asks, asks him, are you mad? Yeah. And the sound the editing movie clearly, clearly put extra bass in the yeah. Yeah. To, like, emphasize how mad he yeah. was. And it, like, comes through my speakers all boomy and stuff. I'm like, that's ridiculous. I, I, like, I like that quite a bit. And I like every time someone says, it was John Wick. And they go, oh. <laughs> yeah. that's so good. Everybody. Yeah. That anyway, the Ohio Anyways, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, what's another one of yours? Um, the O'Hara fight, I really like that fight. I only said that one and be like, that's what everyone says. Again, it's an obvious one because it's literally one of the best of all time. Right. It is. It is. It's yeah, it absolutely. Is. I, I was, I was trying to go, uh, you know, I'm like, well, I, what can I, how can I represent Bruce Lee without going? What's the most famous one? Which is that one. In fact, if you look at most people's list, that's the number one fight wow. for a lot of yeah. people, you know, so. Which it is. The storytelling within the fighting, like you're saying, is out of this mm -hmm. world. Wanted to make sure that was done before we skipped over it. Um. So we did that. Uh, so my next one, uh, it's heist themed. Um, I think I have, heist a heist, I have a heist one in mind too. Well, great. All right. Maybe it's the same one. I swear I to God, know. if it's we'll not the same. If it's God. not this one, I just want to let you know. If it's Ocean's 12 dancing around lasers, I swear to God, Kyle. <laughs> You're the Ocean's fan in this podcast. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> Everybody the techno in uh, music uh, and he's uh, dancing. Land, uh, Kyle does not like the Oceans movies. That's just right. Um, uh, no, no, no. Uh, it's Heat, right? Did you pick Heat? Yeah, the, the, the street shootout in Heat. God, thank God, Jesus. So let's just talk about that. Uh, first off, uh, I I wanted to open up by saying I, I wanted to represent heist as a not a, a subgenre, but like yeah. as a category in this list because I think heists are the easiest and coolest action sequence that you can do mm -hmm. and make it feel real exciting like there's stakes and everything like that and it's the most templated and reused thing but like i never tire of it you know like right. even when something 
kind of like uh what's that triple nine movie that came out was just like it's kind of a mids movie but like it's about heist and it's kind of freaking cool you know like yeah super easy to make heist cool i don't think they even pull off one successful like the movie's about the heist going to shit right isn't it and they end up on the run the whole time yeah yeah pretty much so so i love that type of movie too yeah yeah horribly whereas with the oceans movies they get so cute and it's annoying (laughs) Like, I liked it the first time, and then when they kept releasing more Oceans movies, even the 8 one, uh, which I don't hate any of these movies. I just, they just get a little more annoying each entry. Yeah. With how cute they have to be with their twists and turns. And I'm like, just have somebody die every now and then and put some stakes in this damn thing. Like, nobody's that clever all the time with heists. Like, Heat was a great example of... A yeah. heist going to shit completely. Yeah, it goes really wrong. And, like, you know, of course, if you want to, like, talk into the weeds of the movie, it's got, like, the all-time great diner scene that everyone loves. And it's like, oh, the diner scene, the diner scene. Oh, have you seen yeah. Heat? You talk about the diner scene? Um, I get it. I love that scene a lot. Uh, we're not talking about the whole movie, though. We're talking about just the action sequences. And this one, for the longest time in Hollywood record, had the most blank shots, like, rang out, like, in one scene. The most live shots or blank shots or whatever, like, shot like to capture a scene yeah. or whatever yeah because they're not live i think rambo obviously. maybe yeah. beat that or something i don't know oh, <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. Right. Uh, not not the one the recent one that was like to the old town road song or whatever that shitty one the one before that that came out like in 2007 or something like that yeah, i think yeah. that one has some type of record for right shells right. dropped or whatever yeah i know what you're talking uh, about and that scene is just amazing you know even yeah. from the and that's a 10 minute sequence I and mean, we picked a lot of really long scenes you and I <laughs> again, like when when you let a scene like get just really to let breathe and everything like that, I think it really captures people in uh, some kind of days of uh, spectacle and amazement. Right. Um, and like the from from the moment they walk into the bank until like I think they get in, scattered or whatever. I think it's like a ten minute sequence. And uh, man, the scene is just one of the all time greats. And it's like inspired. Every Grand Theft Auto that's ever come out, it's inspired so many different action yeah. sequences. Every heist movie that's ever come out, everyone's like, well, it's no heat, you know? Like, it is the bar in terms yeah. of uh, sequences. And movie uh, is, yeah. uh, this is one of those, I think we already talked about another three-hour movie that doesn't feel three hours. Well, I guess John McFour is three hours, but this is, talk about a three-hour movie that doesn't feel three hours. That's my point. No, no, this feels like This one flies movie. by, and I'm yeah, like, holy it's, crap, it's, that it's was three hours? Movie. Yeah, it's um, so good. Great cast, it's great. Everybody's great in this movie, yeah. man. Um, and then they've got all your classic, like archetypical, like stuff. But like, man, this is like this created a lot of those molds, you know. Yeah. Um, in terms of what people are, uh, you know, t- a, types of people in a heist movie. It was it was a definitive mid '90s movie where like this is a perfect encapsulation of everything that's going on in pop culture, with like all the Pacino impressions, and this is like where yeah. De Niro is denuring extra hard and. And some coffee. You know, like, <laughs> he's just... You're going to do what you do. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm doing the... Again, I'm doing a, a visual joke for the audio listeners. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I wanted to shout out as well in that action scene that I think it's either the sound editing... I'm sure it was not that loud when they shot it, but it was something to do with the sound editing and mixing together. Yeah how they amplified the gunshots to make it sound just violently loud. Like, like you're on the street corner with them. Yeah. And like, like we said, because they're blanks or whatever, I assume it wasn't that loud. I, I don't know how that works at all with guns. I'm sure all uh, that stuff is edited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like... I think they did amplify the sound to make it sound more intense and more, like, life-threatening. Like, 
it's a visceral oh. scene in terms of yeah. it feels like you're there, you know, like it you're, does, like you're saying, yeah. very um, stressful. And, and it's very realistic. Cause, like cause those shots on a street corner like that. Well, it's not a corner, but on a street like that would echo like, yeah. Carry, and they really captured that and made me feel do, really stressed do. out watching it. And it's not a bullets ballet scene, you know, it's not like a no, they're, they're you know, cover, their cover, like it, it's, it's yeah. very practical, like what, yeah, yeah. what you're seeing and everything like that. Um, it's not like equilibrium where they're dancing with guns or whatever, uh, which I love, but it's not that. <laughs> me too. I, you know what? I love that movie. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, so there's, a, there's a katana fight at the end of that movie. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh man. It's so ridiculous. The guy that the ending villain guy that he ends up having like a, a gun duel with and they're kind of dancing around with a gun. Yeah. That dude is like in the same shape or size that I kind of am. He's like a little lighter than me. Sure. And the fact that he's so agile against Christian Bale is so freaking funny. Like it's just yeah. so funny to me. Well, he's the boss, you know? I know. He's like the boss. And John Wick 4, they got, uh, uh, not Ray Park. Who's the guy? The oh, Scott guy. Atkins. Scott Atkins in a big a fat, fat suit. suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot wait to see him pull off some, like, high kicks <laughs> in that fat suit, dude. Uh, by the way, Scott Atkins, one of the greatest uh, stunt yeah. choreographers. Go watch, uh, if you want to see him in an actual lead role where he's has to do a lot, go watch Avengement. It's a really fun movie. Avengement's amazing. All the Undisputed movies are bad, but the action is some of the best action sequences you'll ever watch. That's why I've never watched any of them, because I heard they're, they're bad. bad. No, no, no. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll shoot you a YouTube video. It'll have all of them spliced together. You don't have to watch Oh, thank goodness. Don't have to... <laughs> We'll get they're really good. I, in fact, I'm telling you, they're some of the best. They're some of the best because I think he had a lot of control over the uh, oh, okay. in those. So it's like they're gotcha. really well done. It's just like the kind of garbage movies. So exactly. What well, do you do? Uh, uh, yes, Heat was definitely the the street shootout was definitely mine. Uh, so I'll just go to my last one then. Um, and this one just made the cut. I have I have two more. Should I do mine? Oh yeah, go ahead. Go okay, ahead. okay. Actually, I, do I you should have two more right? too. I thought. Uh, well, you mentioned Heat. Oh, okay. And, and then I, you mentioned the O'Hara fight, and that led me to talking about that. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, I have one left. Okay, so let me do my... Uh, okay, so I have a... Uh, this is like cl what we were just talking about, like a, ba a ballet of bullets type of shootout scene. Had to get a little John Woo on here. Had to give hard-boiled some, uh, some love here. This, nice. is the this is the hospital shootout scene. The last 20 minutes of this movie is this scene, but it's spliced together with a whole lot of other stuff. So, like, it's not a 20-minute action sequence by any means. But there's a one-shot in this in this thing. I don't know if you know the scene I'm, I'm talking about, um, Jeff. I, I've seen the movie one time, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll like, maybe you. eight years ago. I can't remember. Um, here, I only remember, this. like, there's, like, a scene kind of early on in the movie uh where it's like in a cafe of some kind that's if you want that's I mean, yeah that's a, that's a tea shop yeah at the very beginning like where he slides on the banister and like and that's yeah. what that's that's why i chose that's john this, you know what i mean yeah. yeah like this is all the doves flying everywhere and like mm -hmm. I don't, if you want to watch that scene i just said while i'm talking uh, uh it, it's a really quick scene it, it the way that he uses like debris and smoke and everything like that like the shootouts just feel really real even though like the fact that so many people are not getting hit during these scenes yeah. or or so many of people are getting hit while they're doing all these moves is just it, it, there's kind of a not a comedy to it but it's just like well this is really ridiculous yeah um and uh this is just john woo at its finest i think a lot of people like the killers i like the killers i think that movie's great too but like this is that, like that one, one i of, haven't seen yet oh it's so good this is like this whole sequence though in the hospital is just so cool and it's like it's very video gamey you know like it's it's inspired we have max Payne because of this you know what right. i mean max Payne is very much you know uh inspired off of john woo and everything like that and it's just one of my favorite shootout scenes of all time they're they're jumping through windows 
You know, they're they're sli- they're like literally side diving through windows. The only thing that's missing is slow motion. You know what I mean? Like that's well, and they, uh, and they add that, but in a way that '90s movies did slow motion. Yeah, exactly. It looks like really it's not bullet. It's not bullet time. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just bad slow motion. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. And it's just man, it's just one of my favorite action sequences ever. I I think it's just super good, and I think that a lot of people are trying to invoke this, especially yeah. the Matrix, whenever they're trying mm-hmm. to do. Uh, a shootout scene, especially when you're doing dual akimbo pistols or shotguns. I can't believe it's still going. Like I'm at 90 seconds, and they're they're in the elevator now, and it's still one. Still had a cut. Yeah, yeah. It's a really, really impressive really scene impressive, for, yeah. for uh, an 80s movie, you know. To to and it's very uh, complicated, much like the protector scene with the staircase when he's like running up, and it's like that's a seven minute scene of him running to different floors and like beating the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. It's like if one guy sneezes during that whole thing. Yeah. All right, we have to like, you know, we have to put new ply wall there to reblow yeah. up and replace new explosives and everything like that. And the fact that they could, the fact that you would have the courage to try and shoot so much of it in one scene, especially a scene that you're watching right now. Which again, everybody, if you're trying to see what I'm talking about, it is just the uh, if you just type in hard boiled hospital fight, it's like the very first scene that pops up. Part it's of me wonders. Uh, I, I think that when they got in the elevator, they didn't actually go anywhere, and they just. Yeah, I, I, I got on the same floor and reset. Yeah, yeah, it's just a different set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they just pushed a new set. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. This is so it's got, so cool though. It is a lot of walking through corridors, but this fact that all the extras are doing they're doing so much heavy lifting and like and this is just one. This is just a one. Like, there's a lot more bigger moments like during yeah. this whole fight scene, but this it, one scene that's just shot in one scene is very just really much so of the era. I mean, of the decade uh, of all of those Area 51 shooters, it, and it's yeah, it plays exactly like that. Yeah, it's yeah, like very much so. popping up out of nowhere. You gotta shoot them. Yeah, people are just popping up. Ooh, yeah, yeah, just pinching them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm a civilian. Don't shoot me. Like one of those. Things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, my final one just barely made the cut because it's a 1999 movie, and it's obviously I have to select it because it's one of my favorite movies, or probably my favorite movie ever made. Uh, and it's it's got to be the Matrix subway fight. It's hand to hand combat. I didn't have some... the Matrix on my list. That's stupid. Oh, okay, I know the no, Matrix. That's is... my that that's my number one. I was really hoping you were gonna choose a different fight scene, but I had to choose that one because it's legit the best fight. It scene. It is. It is. I like. I almost went with uh, not the lobby scene because that one's that one's a little played out to me. But um, by this yeah. point. Uh, but the uh, the first fight between Morpheus is fighting Neo. It's uh, such a good that scene. So good, dude. That fight. Is, that's, Stop that's trying to hit me and hit when me. You're really introduced to oh, they're going to do actual kung fu in this movie. Like that's when you really understand the scope of the action in the movie. And yeah. but I feel like the subway scene is the best of both worlds. Like you see the gunplay and you see the <laughs> throat chop, which is the best part of the whole movie. <laughs> the best part of the whole movie. <laughs> that edit you sent me of like him <laughs> being repeatedly throat chop is so Over and funny. over and over, it's so good. <laughs> 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 and it's like they'll do a few more moves and then they'll come out of nowhere again. Oh. <laughs> but it's always as like Neo's, re- the edit is so good because it actually looks like he's going in to do that. Yeah, you know? like, exactly. <laughs> I had talent for that uh yes yes but yeah the subway scene is definitely the one that i come away with thinking about the most or like or the one that even though i've seen this movie hundreds of times by now the scene that i get most excited to to get back to like same like, here yeah when he's running in the subway he's getting to believe i get chills like i'm like Dude, that, We're no, here. That build, the build up to that when he stops what is he doing and more he's like he's beginning to believe and he turns around and he even does like the really confident like i'm getting yeah. in my fight position who yeah. I get full body chills even just thinking yeah. about it because it's just so it's so earned it's so good and it's so perfect. 
Um, and it's a nice Western call out with a newspaper acting like yeah, tumbleweed. Yeah, it's a tumbleweed. You know? And then, like, and then when they both run out of bullet, and, and it's a great use of bullet time there. I think that's the best so use good. to me, uh, that bullet yeah, time. Yeah, that's the Even funny though, shot again, in the movie. Yeah. Again, people love to call out the rooftop bullet time scene because that was, like, the one in trailers and all that stuff. But yeah. the bullet time scene where they're in midair on yeah. wires, I assume, and, like, shooting at each other and blocking each other's shots at the same time. Because yeah. yep. they're equals. That's the whole premise of the uh, the, the quad quadrilogy, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, that that was the best capture of, of the bullet time, in my opinion. And then when they both run out and empty. and oh, It's such a great... Oh, it's such a great moment that captures their differences when they're both like, you're empty, so are you. And Neo does this pretty flip up. And Agent yeah. Smith just stands up. I'm like, yep. this is the difference between the two of them. Like, Neo yeah. is like all about flourishes and, uh, you know, just coming off like this master fighter. And Agent Smith is just like, I just want to get the job done. I just want to yeah, get the job right. done and go home. <laughs> right, right. So good. And it, it's just a really well choreographed scene, you know, like when, I, when I'm when i thinking about like, hey, what's a good kung fu scene? What's a good action sequence? Especially anything that's hand to hand. Maybe not so much the gunplay and stuff like that, but maybe that fits mm-hmm. into this as well. It, it's like, it it's choreographed like a dance number. You know what it I mean? Is, like yeah. to the point where it's so specific and so beautiful and um it's it's just one of my favorite art forms in the whole movie medium or Me tv and everything is is just someone who knows how to how, what cuz the thing is is that you have to like you have to build a fight scene around what it's going to end up looking like on screen you know mm-hmm. not like what how you have it in your head is probably not the way how it's actually going to end up on screen and everything like that just because of camera angles and cuts and everything like that so for you to have to piece something together and then some editor have to figure out some way to edit together and yeah. it turned out something like this and not something like Transporter 3. I don't know if you know that, like, that really famous fight scene, like, in the piano bar. Have you seen Transporter 3? I, I've I've seen the first one way more than once. And the second and third I saw, like, one time. And I was like, all right. Like, I just never revisited well, Let them. me just say, because I've never seen Transporter 3. Because after 2, I was like, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> not watching these movies anymore. Yeah, Transporter 1 was like, you should have stopped. Transporter stopped. one even was ridiculous, but then the second one was just like we're gonna be more dumb and not in a fun way like cranked it. Yeah, no, <laughs> in like a annoying. dumb way where I'm like annoyed. Yeah. Anyways, there's a, there's a scene in there that like you know how many times like they cut in that scene in Queen, where it's like every time someone says a word it cuts, like this cuts. You know what I'm talking about? No. And Queen, the 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 Queens of the uh, the Queen movie. Like it's the it's considered one of the most. Oh, oh, oh worst... that's right! It won best editing because nobody yeah, actually it's watched of, the movie that voted. Yeah, that's and right. and like yeah. there's a scene where they're sitting in a in a cafe and like it cuts literally every second. Like uh, that's uh, right. Uh, yeah, this even literally... people that and I think I mentioned this here. Even people that don't know anything about movie editing watch that and go, "This is bad editing." Like even people yeah, yeah, that yeah. have no film education at all, they're like, "This is this terrible. is worse than that." And yeah. why I'm winding up to say, like, this transport thing or whatever, it's like, that's a high dollar, you know, not I mean a high dollar, but, like, that was, like, a big budget franchise yeah, or it whatever. it was a franchise by that point. That, like, people just showed up and phoned the fuck in, you know, yes, that fight sequence. Yeah. Even, like, Jason Statham looks so bored during that entire fight sequence. But when you take Hot. something like The Matrix or anything like The Raid or anything that. like that, where yeah. it's just, they're so involved in, like, the process and everything like that. And they don't cut so much. They let yeah. the scene breathe and everything like that. that, that and the care. cut is emphasized by maybe a, a, a position switch or really, like, a haymaker or something like that. Just the knowing when to cut the camera and when mm-hmm. to put and, and when to cut back and everything like that. Like, something like The Matrix just knew, just nailed. Yeah. And I'm telling you, like, to this day, that that uh, uh, sequence in the subway is probably in my top five greatest 
uh, fight sequences of all time. Yeah, I know probably same here. Night, that's like, raid, raid this, raid that, raid all five. But like, this is definitely one of them for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> especially when like I set my own rules for only only mention one movie one time from you know mm-hmm. a franchise or whatever. You know, I would only pick one raid two fight. As impossible it would be. But then I would pick a raid one, one fight. Two. And then <laughs> no. I pick a raid. Yeah. Then I, no, no, no. I'll usually say, I'll do friend, one from the franchise. Yeah. One yeah. Raid. Exactly. Uh, so, so like, yes, it would totally be in my top five all time for sure. And uh, I gotta also give a shout out to Don Davis who did the score, because just his use of the staccato like French torn, or I guess it's just a brass section overall, where they're doing like a and it's like. They're, they're notes that are like clashing with each other. They're like on top of each other in a very unpleasant way, but it, it just fits so perfectly when Smith is beating the crap out of him. Like, and yeah. that's most of the fight is him getting the crap kicked out of him anyway. So uh, yeah, yeah, just like perf- again a narrative reason to care about the the fight as well. Uh, similar to the Arhar fight, you're watching this going. Neo's just getting the crap and keeps getting back up, and then he yeah. says, "I am Neo," and then he's like, "All right, I think that's enough fighting," and he runs away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. He got hit. That guy got hit by a subway. I think I'm out. Yeah. I think I'm out of this. <laughs> oh, man. What the shit? You took my phone. Uh, it's <laughs> right after that. <laughs> I've seen that movie so much that I'm literally playing out the rest of the movie in my head. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, that's our pick. Pick five. Because that was your last one, right? So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go over what, you know, what's the box office looking like this week uh, in America? America. Okay, so we got the very underperforming uh, top five. Not really. It's not that bad. But, you know, Hollywood would tell you otherwise. Um, number five is Quantum Mania, still holding strong. Number four is uh, 65, Adam Driver. We have to move. We need to move. I need that's, to work on Adam Driver. That's better than uh, Will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honk, honk. Stay quiet. Stay quiet. Move. Uh, that's from the trailer. That's for some reason I always him telling the child we need to. Are you gonna see this? This movie like, looks like dog shit to me. It Are you gonna see this movie? No. No. Okay. Yeah. I saw reviews confirm my suspicions, and I was like, yeah. No, uh, see, crazy. I haven't seen any reviews for it. I, I just I remember seeing the trailer, and I go, no, yeah, I'm not seeing no. that. <laughs> the reason this movie was delayed 18 gazillion times, and it's because it was bad, and they couldn't find who, a good. Who like I know, but someone like big is like attached to it, right? Like. Uh, Wasn't it like from the I makers? Think Raimi uh, produced it or something? Like, I think yeah, so. maybe it is. Maybe it's just a producer of Raimi or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, Creed 3 is number three. That's great. Number two is another franchise player, Scream 6, uh, which I enjoyed. Um, number one is Shazam, Fury of the Gods. But it it only, quote unquote, got 30 million. And I think, I think it was projected to get 50. So it's definitely an underperformance. Yeah. At least on projections. But I'm still like, I mean, uh, but I heard those projections were the the forty or the fifty that you're talking about it, it are were the lowered projections from the previous projections. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's happened. like so they they yeah. said that they under projected so they would hit their mark and they still fell under. That's that's a real shame. So, but but I, mean, but I would still I would still argue that like thirty five million maybe not for a comic book movie pretty okay for an opening movie in yeah, general. Yeah, you know? definitely. You know, like, I, that's that is a bummer though, but at the same time, you and I have been saying ever since James Gunn and Peter Safran took over at DC, like at least privately, we've been saying to each other, if not on here all the time, uh, that they're just going to restart everything anyway. So who cares? Like, yeah, it does I, not think, matter I think I how... think people are eating a big bowl of who cares right now for yeah. sure. And like that's I'm not I I want to see the movie. I like the first movie quite a bit, uh, but yeah. like even me, I'm like this is not a theater movie for me because like who gives a shit? Like all this is like. <laughs> 
old DC. Like, like, and like, and I know I'm gonna end up watching it and being like, oh, that ended up being a lot of fun. Oops. Uh, yeah. But like, uh, but Oopsie. I just there's not a, there's no urgency to it. And if I'm feeling that way, I imagine yeah. most people are too, or a lot. Of I people feel are, like the only know? exception will not be Aquaman two. It'll be the Flash because that one is is cracking down. Dude, on I'm telling you, Tom hard. Cruise got out of his Zeno hyperbolic time chamber to to stop the world to let everybody know that the flash is one of the best movies he's ever seen. <laughs> he did. He you did know how many times I've seen Tom Cruise like say anything good about any movie that he's not in? Yeah. It's zero. This is the first time zero. I think. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, I've seen more footage of people telling Tom to his face how his movie saved movies. Yeah. Top Gun Maverick. Like cuz there was a clip going around. I think it wasn't from the Oscars cuz Tom Cruise wasn't there. Um I think it was like the Critics Choice Awards, something like that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the directors get whatever. It doesn't matter. One of the awards where they're congratulating themselves. Um, and uh, Steven Spielberg was caught going up to him. And they're like, because they work together. They work together on War, War of the Worlds and stuff like that. Um, and Minority Report. Um, and he's Spielberg is literally saying, you saved the movie theater industry. And Tom Cruise is being like his fake gracious self to people that aren't in Scientology. Uh, and he's because... That's the thing. If you studied Scientology on any level, you know they're putting up a front when it comes to people yeah. that are not oh, in the church. There is nothing humble about Tom Cruise. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like he's you just are being watching like, him perform. He's being like, no, no, sir, you, you, the fable man. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, he's oh, doing that. Sir. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, Get exactly. And uh, to be fair, he did. He did. You know, he did. He and, did. But, but also, and, I, and the only thing about him that I feel like is genuine is his love for movies, like as an art form and a theater going experience. I agree with that, yeah. So when he is saying positive things about a movie like The Flash, which up until we saw a trailer, we were like, this is going to be a train wreck. Yeah. It speaks volumes because this dude knows blockbusters. Uh, there is no movie to... on earth that I gave a shit about less was The yeah. Flash. And now yeah, I'm exactly. like, I kind of can't wait for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the trailer before in Shazam and I was like, oh, no. Oh no, I'm really hyped for this. And then Ben Affleck's like, I'm only in the movie for five minutes. I'm like, great, that's wonderful. (laughs) Even more of a reason to lie. Yeah, that's a huge reason for me to get in there. (laughs) Yeah. We actually don't dislike Ben Affleck. It's just that his his Bruce Wayne is so phoned in, like in every. It's so phoned in. He looks very bored, and he (laughs) and he actively looked bored during all of it, like the the press and everything. Like he just he couldn't have given a shit less. Which is why when he's like, "I'm not making movies for James Gunn recently," I'm like, that guy just doesn't give a shit about superhero stuff. Like, and I don't think has anything to do with James Gunn. You know, like yeah, I think he's done with the machine of superhero stuff. Yeah, I think so. Whereas, like, if you ask him to do, a, like like you mentioned, a five-minute cameo or a brief scene or not even five minutes in a movie, he'll be like, yeah, sure. I don't have to put on the suit, though, do I? No? Okay, we're good. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, we'll, no, like, we'll CG you in the suit. He's like, <laughs> yeah, great, exactly. whatever, man. Great, whatever. I got some beers to drink. I know he's sober. I'm sorry. That's a That's bad terrible. joke. That's terrible. That's a bad joke, yeah. <laughs> I, I support Flash. your uh, journey, uh, Ben. Yeah, I support your journey. Good luck. I also just support you not being in the Flash for very long, too, so... <laughs> <laughs> definitely, I definitely prefer more Michael Keaton, and Michael Keaton is being such a badass in the in the trailer. And they like, I feel like they Batman. finally they finally got to a point where he could, because he could barely move his neck and stuff. He was like in the old Batman suits in the mm-hmm. first two movies, where he could barely move and do action. But now CG is caught up, so he can actually look like a badass in this movie, and I'm so pumped about that the most. Yeah, especially because yeah. the bat pod that he's riding on looks like the one from the Christian Bale movies. Like I'm like. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. That's got to be deliberate. I wonder. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's that's all the show I have for this week. And then next week, oh my god, dude, we're just gonna talk about John Wick the whole time. Uh, I am 
so excited for that movie. <laughs> we might as well just dedicate the whole episode to the entire franchise because I, you just rewatched the movies. I, I just did it too. Yeah, over yeah. the course of a few weeks, I did uh, one through three. Uh, three was like last night, I think, or whenever I was texting you about the funniest parts of the movie. Uh, yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, Halle spitting in the cup. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, <laughs> seems so funny. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> I, really I like how they awkwardly it, say like, consequences at each other a few times too. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they have some really. There's some really awkward dialogue in that one, which I love yeah. too. Like uh, when they just say consequences at each other, yeah. or or just uh, him just saying yeah, like we were talking about earlier. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. really bad dialogue. But well, that, uh, I'm, I love it though. But, I just but then uh, they yeah. have dialogue like he shot my dog. I get it. Yeah. I love that. They I get add, it. They add that tongue in cheek stuff in there. That's just perfect. And uh, and the action is borderline hilarious at parts, especially like when they're trying to shoot each other underground, underwater and the bullets yeah. just going like that. So yeah, yeah. John Wick, John Wick sees that and it goes, I'm going to go up and right closer. up to him. Exactly. Yeah. So many I, I like, I like okay. the knife fight when they like look around and realize there's knives all around them. <laughs> yeah, just and then they just start breaking. And it's just, it's just so comical the way that they look around. They're like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's just, oh, man. Right off the bat, it starts with the ridiculous scene where he's beating up an actual, uh, I think it's a Mav. I think he's a Dallas Maverick, the basketball player in the in the library. Um, oh, yeah, 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 the book where he kills a guy yeah, with a book. Yeah, he kills a guy with a book, and I'm like, oh, this that's this type of movie. That's We're going to yeah. go all the way comical. But Whereas so the, fir- the first one like, feels pretty grounded. Not yeah. like not that like it could really, but, and then like two got crazier, and the three is even nuttier. Yeah. I just assume that they're just going in that direction at this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't wait to circle back and talk about the that franchise on this on this podcast because yeah we're just gonna not do the regular routine i might do the top you know the box office top five at the end because it is called current cinema after all uh but uh yeah we're just gonna talk the franchise next week Screw a it. wick off we're gonna <laughs> jerk wick we're gonna jerk wick <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right so uh find us on twitter i guess current underscore cinema uh subscribe to us on youtube and spotify and all the all the places you can find podcasts and uh 